I'm not sure what the answer to this question is going to be, but I'm going to ask Vaughn Palmer of the Vancouver Sun about it anyway. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. Is there any TV show or movie that you've ever gotten a little bit weepy at? Well, I'm pretty sentimental about animals. So Agriculture Minister Lana Popham really had me going a couple of times last week when she was talking about the animal rescue stories yeah. and the animal rescues that didn't work. But i I got to give you this one, too, Simi. You know, if you really want to get me sobbing and maybe even hyperventilating, those videos out of Washington State of them busting Asian giant hornet nests, right? Like, <laughs> it just gets me going like Yeah, but that's nothing scare else. crying. That's scared crying. That's like, yeah, yeah. right? Okay, well, there's all kinds of crying. Commercials, though, <laughs> not really, no. That's no. a Gordon McDonald thing, apparently. I've gotten a ton of emails from people about particular scenes in movies that make people cry. So this, I have a feeling, is this is going to oh, yeah. be a good discussion, right? Is, is any movie you can think of off the top of your head that has gotten you just a little uh, bit emotional? There's way too many of them, you know? Really? To, you know, you, <laughs> you, know, you try to hide it, right? Yes. <laughs> you go, like, oh, this isn't, this isn't going to make me cry. This is a Bruce Willis movie, for God's <laughs> sake. What's wrong with me? Die Hard. <laughs> You're crying during Die Hard. I knew it. Uh, let's talk about what's going on with BC's finances. We're talking to the finance minister coming up in our 8 o'clock hour this morning, but it sounds like the financial update was mostly good news. Yeah, no, like we kind of needed this too, but seriously, uh, mostly encouraging good news. Now, it's always comparative, right? Uh, a deficit approaching $2 billion would not have been considered good news uh, pre-pandemic, but the projection was for 10 billion deficit so it's dropped a lot and that's because the bc economy is doing much better than expected uh, that's because revenues are running well ahead of projections and that's because the spending although it's enormous they did make allowances for that by setting aside a lot of money for contingency so it adds up to a fairly encouraging financial picture uh, one number that really jumped out at me simi is the word about British Columbia is spreading. The, there were 50,000 people moved into British Columbia in the first six months of this year. So half of those are Canadians from other provinces, and the other half are international arrivals. So it's no wonder we have a housing crisis, but I would also say that, you know, the word is spreading. In spite of all the bad news we've had this year, uh, people are coming here, uh, you know, 50,000 in, in six months means what? If that, that continues... A lot. 100,000 this year, that would be a very high level of immigration. I guess that helps with the job situation that we have out here, right? Lots of jobs that need to be filled. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It, uh, the, the job thing is, is important. Uh, the other thing, of course, is uh, what Housing Minister David Eby has been talking about, is we need a lot of new units of housing, because most of these people come to Metro Vancouver, although increasingly to Vancouver Island. We need a lot of new housing just to stand in one place, right? Like when, when EB expresses exasperation about local government putting up obstacles to approving housing projects and dragging their feet on it, uh, he's saying, look, you know, we need an awful lot of new housing, never mind to reduce affordability or improve affordability. Um, we need an awful lot of housing just to stand in one place with all these people coming here. We certainly do. Okay, but there is there are still some unknowns here. 
right, yeah, including well, the bill from last week. The big one, of course. I mean, yes, there are some serious unknowns. Uh, damage from the pandemic is still there. Supply chains disrupted. Uh, the uh, independent financial analysts are kind of lowering their expectations for growth next year. And inflation is back, which governments haven't had to deal with for a long time. So, And the big unknown is this financial report what, that we got yesterday was put together, of course, because bef- it before we had right. any idea about the flooding, and the minister was asked about this yesterday, and basically she said, come on, you know, the, no one's added up the bills yet. The, the best estimate we've had on that is the one from Mike Farnworth, where he said it's going to cost an awful lot. And not <laughs> just in the short run, which is going to be expensive, but Clearly, British Columbia is going to have to, in that expression, build back better. We're going to not only have to fix the dikes, we're probably going to have to raise the dikes. We're not only going to have to repair the bridges, the bridges on the Coquihalla, we probably may have to rebuild them so that they're not as vulnerable to flooding in the future. Yeah, let's talk a bit about the briefing that Mike Farnworth had as well, because one of the, the well, the huge problem for the Abbotsford flooding, the Sumas Prairie flooding, was not even in Canada. Yeah, so the Nooksack River, it's been known to be a problem for a long time. There's a task force struck back in the 1990s after a big flood in 1990, so 30 years ago, to deal with this. And Farmworth was asked, like, where does this, where is this? And, and he said, look, uh, this is a really complicated problem. If it were a simple problem, it would have been fixed long ago. So the Nooksack uh, there's a stretch of it near a town in the U.S. in Washington State called Everson, where when the river tops its banks there in flooding, as it often does, the water flows, of course, downhill, but downhill brings the water into British Columbia. We've known about the problem for a long time, have tried to deal with it. A lot of the floodwaters that we had last week came from the Nooksack. And Farmers said, look, it's, a, it's an international problem. Canada and the U.S. are going to have to work on this. Washington and British Columbia are going to have to work on this. But, yes, it's a complicated problem, as he said. If it were an easy problem to fix, it would have been fixed a long time ago. Right. So that's one we still have to work on. But like, what is BC doing to help out with that? Well, you know, I think, um, I wonder if the way to get somewhere on this isn't to take an exam- an example from a couple of generations ago, which is flooding on the Columbia. So flooding on the Columbia wiped out an entire city in Oregon in 1948. And that led to talks on how to manage the flood level on the Columbia. And the solution was to build storage dams in British Columbia, hold the water back, let it out slowly through the year, and end the flooding. It worked for the most part. And what the Americans did there is a good example of what we could maybe do here. The Americans helped pay to build the dams. The amount of money that the United States transferred to Canada to make those dams happen and to make them work, $3 billion in current money. So it wouldn't cost that much to fix the Nooksack. It doesn't mean it isn't a complicated problem, but I think there's a precedent for Canada to say, hey, a lot of the damage is on this side of the border. We'd like to help pay for the solution on your side of the border, because that's what you did with the Columbia River way back in the 1960s. All right, Vaughn, thank you very much for that. Bye-bye, Simon. Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver